Uh, this film that I have chosen, uh, it's one of the great comedians of our time. Can't wait. Taking on an updated Shakespearean classic. Oh. She plays a twin who must impersonate her brother in order to play soccer at an elite private school. This sounds very familiar. Yeah? No guesses? Um, I'm blanking on the name... Mm. You Go you on. know it. I, I think I, I think I know it. Kay, have you seen She's the Man? Uh-uh. I have not seen that, but I actually <sighs> have heard great things and not just from uh Me. You. <laughs> yes, it's like an, it's an Amanda Bynes classic. It's one of her peak Boy, that's a that's an interesting sentence. Oh, I mean <sighs> I mean, she had some classics. This is this is one of the top. Honestly, this is probably like the movie she'll be remembered for. Hello and welcome to K Have You Seen? I'm Kari. I'm Kyle. And today we're going to be talking about a 2000s classic. She's the man. Kyle, were you at all familiar with this movie? I was. I was. Uh, I had never seen it, obviously, but um, I knew it just by vague reputation. I didn't know really hardly anything at all about it. Um, I very recently found out that it was um, a a loose Shakespeare adaptation, which I I did not know uh, originally. I just found that out recently, and that kind of piqued my interest in it, even though I'm not a huge Shakespeare fan. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I really knew virtually nothing about it but i take it this was one of your uh longtime favorites would i be correct in that guess oh yeah that's pretty fair so i watched this this came out in 2006 so i think i would have been like middle school at the time and this hit exactly at the right moment of like pg-13 movies a little racy but really still something your parents would be comfortable with you watching and i mean it was amanda Bynes. she was i think we'll talk about this more later but she was a voice of our generation interesting (laughs) oh no all right well um before we get too deep i'll give you a a brief synopsis for the listeners who haven't seen it which big mistake go out and watch it (laughs) but when her brother decides to ditch for a couple weeks and her school soccer team is cut viola heads over to the elite boarding school disguised as him and proceeds to fall for one of his soccer teammates and soon learns she's not the only one with romantic troubles this was mostly from imdb and it was a little i mean i added the soccer part at the beginning because that was pretty key i think a lot of people tried to make their their synopses very romantic comedy driven but it really was like i mean of course it was but it, it was driven by her desire to play soccer. Yes, more that than was anything. like the that was really the main inciting incident for the whole thing. If they yeah. hadn't, if she hadn't been so into her uh, her soccer playing, then there would be no reason for her to uh, introduce this entire charade in the first right. place. So yeah, yeah you're exactly. absolutely right. It's critical. As far as how it was received, forty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's interesting. I would yeah. not. I, I can understand how some people wouldn't care for it, but that is actually kind of surprising because I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was uh, 56% bad. <laughs> I I think, honestly, I think Shakespeare hurt this one. I think it, it didn't do hmm. well to tack something this kind of low... Bra- I, I think they didn't always hit the Shakespearean, and critics, I think, are expecting certain things when they hear Shakespeare. Maybe, so. but I, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the same group of writers that did 10 Things I Hate About You, right? Which is another Shakespeare adaptation. Oh, I don't know that. Is that true? I, I'm almost sure that it is. I actually heard that from the same person that uh, informed me that it was a Shakespeare adaptation in the first place. Oh, um, let's see. I'm seeing... Oh, yeah, you're right. Ten Things I Hate About You, The Ugly Truth, which meh. Uh, House Bunny, which is actually pretty funny. That was uh, Karen McCullough. Okay. As one of the um, writers. Ewan Leslie, another writer, uh, did... Oh, let's see. Nothing... Oh, Secret Life of Bees, which was pretty good if you hmm, read the book. Okay. Um, Hotel for Dogs. Oh, he was a producer on that. Oh, he was a co-producer. So actually, only writing credit is She's the Man. Sorry, really? these Interesting. are producer credits. It is actually kind of surprising that there was a male writer on this on this movie, but we can talk about that a little bit uh, oh, later on in the okay. discussion. But as far as audience reception, 79%, which okay, is... Okay, that's, that's about what I would expect. Reasonable, yeah. yeah. I think I, I'm not shocked, especially re-watching this, I'm like... Yeah, I could see how people would not like this. But I, yeah, I think part of it, it just hit the right time for me and has always kind of 
just had a soft spot in my heart. So, so with all that being said, what was your reaction? What did you think? I liked it. Uh, I wouldn't go, I I wouldn't use any too extreme language to say that like this was, you know, a new favorite of mine necessarily, but no, I just solid. I watched this and I was like, Kyle might legit hate this. (laughs) No, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. And I thought that it was very cleverly composed. Um, it's got a lot of moving parts in terms of characters and it juggles them very skillfully. I thought, um, yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, keeping all the characters and their interactions with each other straight, Mm -hmm. had a lot of very clever moments that, uh, that came up throughout in terms of, uh, the way they kept, um, the, uh, the identity, uh, obscured oh okay um particularly toward the end with the war paint at the game i thought that was brilliant oh, yeah, actually yeah that was clever um because i was gonna ask some examples of that that you thought yeah yeah really i mean at first early on when um oh god i'm blanking on her name now amanda Bynes viola viola mm-hmm. yes when gosh learn your shakespeare i know i know i know i'm act- okay this is True confession, I'm going to get this out right at the beginning. I was an English major. I have a degree in English. I don't care for Shakespeare, personally. Oh, oh. Not a big Shakespeare fan. Uh, um, but that that just to get that out in the open so there's fine, no speculation. Um, this is a safe space, <laughs> I guess. But, uh, yeah, I was a little bit concerned early on um, the first scene in the restaurant where um, Viola as Sebastian um, breaks up with Monique. Oh, yeah. That was a little bit, uh, that was a little corny with like all the uh, facial concealing behind like pizza boxes and uh, menus yeah. and things like that. I was like, uh, it was, it was funny, but I thought uh, if this is how it's going to be every time they have to like mm. conceal her identity, then what, uh, uh, that, fine. But mm-hmm. then at the end when they have the soccer game and the real Sebastian shows up and for some reason decides to suit up in the soccer uniform, <laughs> uh, they all, the team all has war paint. And so it's like, oh, so this is how he can be out on the field and nobody's like, you look completely different yeah but yeah I, I, I they did a lot right and nothing in particular that i think they did wrong oh okay all right um yeah i think you're right you can only have one sequence like that i do think that's kind of it's kind of classic like oh yeah concealing identity and oh, you yeah. have to kind of hide behind all those things the mrs doubtfire thing with the pie <laughs> yeah yeah that's, hello yes um, a, it's, exactly. it's a long cinematic tradition yeah but yeah you're right you can you can really only have one sequence like that if the whole movie is gonna be like She's got to hide her face from everyone who knows her, then it's too much. But yeah. yeah. So did you think it was funny? I think this more than anything was supposed to be a comedy. Oh, without a doubt. Like comedy comedy. romance, not even rom-com, like comedy first. Sure, definitely. And um, yeah, I'm not the biggest Amanda Bynes fan in general, and I'm well aware that I'm far from her like target audience probably. At the same time, I was, I hadn't really seen anything that she had done in years. Like, I hadn't seen anything that she was in in a really long time. I think the last movie that I watched that she was in was Saved, in which, oh. where she plays, like, the villain, and she's great. Was she? In- yeah, she plays, like, the villain in, in Saved. And she's really good in that, playing, like, the straight man character. Mm-hmm. So seeing her here playing the, unless I'm thinking of somebody totally different, and I... Well, I, she was in Easy A, and she was, like, the straight lace. Maybe that's who I'm I'm trying to, I feel like of. this was before... Like, she was a little too young to be in Saved. Maybe. But... I could have swore she was the... I might be thinking of Easy A. Because she was that, like, very yeah. straight-laced Christian character okay. in Easy A. That's probably what it is. I'm conflating the two. But yes, Easy A, I think, is the one that I'm thinking of, and she was good in that. Yeah. Um, but in this one in particular, I I thought she almost had, like, an Anna Ferris thing going on. Um, sure. But, like, a less mm-hmm. polished performance style. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like... Anna Ferris has a very kind... She's one of the best, I think, at balancing, like, I know I'm an attractive person, mm-hmm. but also I'm a huge goofball. Yeah. A lot of people try it. It doesn't really work out that well. Yeah. Anna Ferris nails it. Like, she's really, really good at that. Um, but, you know, I, I'm i not wild about Amanda Bynes' performance style in this movie. It's very big mm-hmm. in ways that I didn't really care for all the time. Particularly with her version of impersonating a 17-year-old boy. Uh, okay. Which involved a lot of hanging on L's, it seemed like. <laughs> that it, is true. I never, I never like, zoned in like, on that. Like, the way that she talks true. is so L-heavy. It's like she's talking with, like, she. it's like she's rolling her tongue all the way to the back of her throat every time she says I don't, an Are L. you impersonating right now? Just, that just sounds that's like just the, the way that I sound, way I know. Like, men talk. I don't yeah, get it. Yeah, that's fine. Just, just, just L's like ladies and uh, uh, yeah, all that kind of. You're ugly. Which is ugly. 
I didn't love that, but it Brother, was. Brother men? Brother men? Bro? Brothers? Brethren? <laughs> yeah, it was. It's but, so quotable. That's like part of, that's part of how it has lived so long, I think, in my memory. Is just yeah, like, the way she oh, vocalized God. was one thing, but also the things that she said yeah. were obviously intended to be like, what does a 17-year-old girl know about the way 17-year-old boys when there are no 17-year-old girls around? And the answer is not much. That is, I mean, that was one of my questions, because watching this, you know, I think you're right, this target audience was exactly me, like sure, 13 yeah. or, what, or whatever year old girls, but is was it at all true? So for us, it's like, yeah, whatever. I don't know what a boy storm <laughs> is like. I don't know how boys talk to each other. That that could be true. Uh, it would be hard to, like, impersonate that. It's how been, true to life was it? It's been a long time. Like, granted, this was taking place at, like, I guess a boarding school? Like, a, a yeah, school like that? Yeah, that took me a long time because I was like, is she in college? Yeah. She, no, it was, a, it was, so it was like, like a boarding a prep school. school yeah. Okay. So I don't, I, I never went to, like, a prep school, boarding school, or anything like that. So it's been, an, last time I was in an, a dorm was, like, eight years ago, nine years ago. I don't remember as much shirtlessness just happening <laughs> all the time. Were you rooming with Channing Tatum, though? Cause... I wasn't. I mean, I was not rooming with a former Tampa stripper, so it was. <laughs> if I was, I guarantee there'd be a lot more shirtlessness going on. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't true to life. I don't... That's why I brought up the fact that I, I was surprised that there was a male writer, because I thought some of the interactions between the guys were not relatable based on my experience. <laughs> However, I will also say that I have learned since I got out of high school that my high school experience was not necessarily typical. Oh, how so? so? I, I don't know. It's like I a lot of things that I, I used to think were just like dumb cliches from like high school movies. A lot of people that I knew that went to high school in other places um, have been like, oh, no, that's very real. Like, mm, gotcha. Mostly in, in relationship to like cliques and bullying and things sure. like that. But also I, I have to assume that that extends to just general like person-to-person -person interactions in a lot of cases i don't know for me it definitely seemed like all of the male to male interactions were written from strictly a female perspective oh, as okay. opposed to actually showing because i will tell you this most actual like male to male interactions even among like 17 18 year olds is very mundane <laughs> and it usually is not like yeah chicks man like the grease thing he's like, in love with her these yeah. guys could have been at home in like the t-birds in greece uh, yeah. you know it's like the nothing's really changed since like the making movies in the 70s about high schoolers <laughs> in a lot of ways so i don't know you weren't it wasn't breaking new ground i will uh, say okay what were there any interactions in particular that you were like yeah that would never happen um i don't think so i don't remember ever talking like about pointing out girls around us ever. I don't remember that. If this seemed like something that was kind of brought up in the discussions between like Channing Tatum and his buddies, but like, I don't remember that ever really happening in real life. It mm -hmm. was never like, man, look at her. Like just checking girls out or like, oh, he's in love with her. Like yeah, here both. comes Olivia. Oh man. Both either? Yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, don't know, I probably I, I probably just hung out with a bunch of nerds. That was probably it. But no, I have I have no. Well, this is going to get into generalizations. I I have noticed, and I'm sure not everyone is like this, but guys tend to be much more surface level with like when you ask when I ask a guy I'm mm -hmm. close to like so how are your friends like what did they do whatever they're like yeah I don't know yeah I don't know and I'm like you don't know like how's their family what are they doing but <laughs> that's just girls go deep and guys like just keep it surface level again this is just from my outsider observation but I get the sense that girls and young women don't leave as much unsaid when you're taught when you're just socializing that's fair yeah. um I don't know like when I'm just hanging out with like my friend like my guy friends I'm just like I don't know there's not a whole lot of uh stuff that usually ends up coming up I feel like that's probably why I ended up ha and this is weird because like it hit, is weird what do you guys talk about not much we don't talk as much like uh, not as many words come out when we're talking in silence it's so strange yeah we're usually like playing video games or shooting each other with airsoft guns or something oh, yeah. like that yep um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's probably why historically more of my friends have been girls than boys when I was growing up because I talk a lot. And, and <laughs> Guys so are do, like, what is so this? Do, so do girls. <laughs> How um, dare you? But yeah, I don't know. Get him, Twitter. Get him. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely didn't think that the uh, interaction... I, I, it felt very... Like I said, it felt very much like a woman writing what she thought teenage boys talk about. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, that Can't can quite be, put my finger okay. on it, but that's... Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit of a shame because I think it is the fish out of waterness of it is part of the best part. You know, you deal with 
the opposite sex all the time, but you're dealing with each other kind of as outsiders. Mm -hmm. And this is, of course, getting into all kinds of, like, gender stereotypes, but you're dealing with each other in a certain way, and then when you are one of them, it's completely different, so... Okay, I will say this. It felt more like the way the dialogue between, like, the guys and quote-unquote Sebastian always went Mm -hmm. was... As though it was written by a woman who was just speculating as to what teenage boys <laughs> talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Um, and kind of written in the way that it's like, to make teenage girls watching the movie be like, I knew it. <laughs> I knew they were as talking opposed, about me. As opposed to trying to give any kind of real insight to just be like, aha, got them. Uh, well, the it sounds like the insight would have been like, they haven't said six words in this entire <laughs> period. We sit in the cafeteria and stare at each other. So. Honestly, I may have said three sentences all year to my freshman college roommate so oh my god boys so there's that (laughs) but anyway so you talked a little bit about amanda's overacting that is one of my i think her face acting is so on point in this movie and did she look a little bit like zach efron to you i thought she looked like zach efron wow uh young zach efron i mean the haircut without a doubt that was was a high school it was the same haircut (laughs) which while we're on that subject it seems like the best time is any were you as surprised as I was when we got halfway through the movie and you were like, and she pulls off the wig? I thought for sure she like, because the whole deal early on, she went to like the hairdresser right. and said, "Give me this haircut." And then halfway through the movie, Ooh. she pulls off a wig, and I was like, "Wait, wait, wait! What was the haircut all about then?" I guess that's true. We don't see her get the wig, do we? Because nope. I I remembered the makeover scene as much longer, much <laughs> later in the movie. Like it takes her no time to decide to become a man. She literally looks at a picture of her brother as he climbs out the window. Planfully formed. Yeah, done. And then she goes to her best friend, who's a hairdresser, who I thought for a while was Jude Law. He looks a lot like. He does Jude look Law. a lot like. I Jude was Law. like, how does this make sense? But also, I didn't care that much. I was 13 and time <laughs> meant nothing but it takes her no time the makeover scene itself is very short and she only tries on mustaches yeah now i'm glad you brought up that makeover scene yeah. because that was i want to say the second of roughly 30 musical montages throughout the movie true there's like a training montage there's probably another couple. training montage there's the opening the credits montage scenes. which fine the first oh, yeah, yeah. the first makeover montage all right <laughs> But when you get to, like, three or four separate soccer montages, it gets excessive. Okay, all right. But the music was so good. The music was great. Like, that mid-2000s pop punk, two All-American Rejects songs. That OAR song. It's a good soundtrack. And, you know, the There were a couple of songs that sounded like other songs because they spent all their money on the (laughs) All-American Rejects and OAR songs, and they couldn't afford the other songs they wanted. So, Uh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, the soundtrack was cool. I, I thought it was all right. And I mean, for like a sports-centric movie, how many montages do you get? Like, what's the limit? Because I mean, it depends. Are you the Rocky? limit does not exist? Are you are you Rocky? This is kind of teen girl soccer Rocky. I think you could say. Oh, I wouldn't say the whole movie was about her. If the whole movie was about her trying to make first string, but that's almost secondary to the plot. You know what I mean? Well, the climax is her beating the other team, beating Cornwall. So that's true. I mean, that that is true. But you can't, I think that there's a law, it's got to be like in the U.S. Constitution somewhere that like you can't have sports in a movie if the final scene, if the climax of the movie doesn't involve that sport. You know what I mean? Even if the rest of the movie doesn't even involve it. Her getting Channing Tatum is is the real, like, is the real climax. That's the real victory. Uh, Yeah. Love. Love is the true victory. I mean, if you want to call it the real climax, that's fine. Uh, Never mind. I take it back. So changing gears a little bit. This was my first experience with David Cross. And this movie, I feel like, let him just do his thing. Like, they did not try to rein him in at all. And I loved it. It was yeah. fantastic. It was very was much It was very much like his performance as Tobias Funke. Yeah. Um, in a way that I thought this literally could be Tobias Funke. Yeah. If he became the headmaster of a, of a prep school, this would probably be him. I haven't seen a lot, like a wide range of his work. Does he do anything besides Tobias yeah. Funke? He and uh, Bob Odenkirk right. are 
longtime collaborators and like they did a variety show called Mr. Show where mm-hmm. they both played a ton of different types of characters. Right. I'm familiar, um, I just haven't seen it. But yeah. And it, they got yeah, but yes, the short answer is yes. He does okay. other he does characters other than Tobias Funke. Okay. I'm intrigued then, because I really love his Tobias Funke. Like I, all I, the lines in this. Well this came hot on the heels of Arrested Development, and so I oh, assume okay. that whoever cast him was like, just do your Tobias thing. That's do what everybody Funke. wants. Yeah. So uh he had so many great like everything he said was just absolutely quotable i'd like to say welcome welcome to illyria welcome 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 to illyria did not care for the scene where uh chain tatum has the date with uh viola and then also gets the date with olivia and then quote unquote sebastian is like confronting him about it and chain tatum's like I mean, what would you do if the hottest girl in school asked you out? I was like, I don't know, man. That's very shady. And we're still supposed to like this guy? Uh, uh, I mean, he's been in love with her for a long time. And that is the true. Viola thing happens real fast. He that made out true. with her at a kissing booth one time and Which... thinks her brother is so weird, but is like t- suddenly into her. Let's talk about that kissing booth for a second. Uh, kissing booths are so messed up. I didn't know those still existed in 2005. I thought those went by the wayside long ago. Yeah, I can't watch this without being like, oh. Why does that exist? so messed up. Number one, diseases. Like That what? is the obvious number one, yes. Number two, like who pays for a stranger to kiss them? Like. Who are these people that we're letting kiss our teenage girls? How do those still exist and like 1940s dance cards don't exist? Like that's 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 <laughs> yeah, what that I want to know. Nice, but yeah, I don't fully know the rules of those, but it seems like a nice <laughs> thing. Kissing booths—that's gross. You got a lot of nice fellas want to just dance with a nice dame and just like let me pencil you in yeah, there, fella. Hard, yeah. That seems, that's polite. That's like, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just orderly and nice. This organization, I don't hate it. A kissing booth, like who, like, yeah, you're right. Who would pay for that? Because, you know, you're smooching every other guy that's in line in front of you. (laughs) You know it means nothing, right? Gross. Also in that scene, so she goes in the Tilt-A-Whirl to change. Yes. Into Sebastian. Correct. From Viola. Right. She gets off the Tilt-A-Whirl runs immediately into the bounce castle to change from Sebastian into Viola. <laughs> what did she do from the tilt award that she needed to be Sebastian for? Because... There was no reason... Like, that was just an excuse for another very short musical montage, I think. And also for the gag with the sideburn on the little kid's yes. head. Which, where did that kid come from? Yeah. She was not in that tilt award no. the whole time. Was she on that tilt award for more than one ride to in, in oh. her effort to change her outfit? Also a bad place to like surreptitiously change considering every it's a yep. panopticon yep. basically. Everyone from every angle gets to see you. So Got that right. If you said this movie you had nothing wrong, that's probably the one thing that I I, will say I don't think I said it had wrong. nothing wrong. I, mean, I think you I... said it was perfect and you have no complaints. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um but I may have misspoken because there are a few <laughs> things wrong with it. So that that sequence was no that sequence was fun i enjoyed the fact like the her excuse after the fact when uh channing tatum was like yo where were you You're there for like one second she didn't even try to deny it. she's like oh yeah i had to bounce yeah like i saw my crazy ex i had to get out of there and i was like oh yeah that's that adds up Smart, and it should know? definitely add up for him as well she a becomes excuse. a better and better liar as the movie goes on which let's talk about monique for a second i'm i'm curious as to like she's a very much a villain obviously yes, in the in the course of this story and um Although I was slightly swayed uh, to not hate her as much in her first scene when Viola makes that stupid one eight hundred biatch joke, and oh, I was just like, "It's a bad joke." I was like, "Ooh, not good. I don't like that." You can't like the villain more just because the hero's one-liner is not great. I disliked her less because of that <laughs> dumb joke. I don't think it was dumb. I think it was clever. <laughs> 1-800-BIATCH. Yeah. That was like a classic early thousands type of line. That was of its time. Maybe it doesn't hold up now, but uh, yeah. No, she was pretty much the worst. She absolutely knew how attractive she was and nobody likes that, so. Which, I, you know, Sebastian's excuse of like, I mean, I don't know, she's hot. I was like, I wouldn't, I don't think I knew anybody at 17, 18 years old who would like date somebody that aggressively horrible just because they were attractive. Like, they're the only attractive person in your school. 
Yeah. That's... That doesn't make any sense. That's very dumb. Yeah, that might have been the female writers writing for men. I'm curious. You said you watched this when you were in, like, middle school. Yeah. Did this influence the way that you thought high school was going to be? Because I, I run into this a lot with people when they want, like... Specifically, mostly girls who mm -hmm. watch, like, for example, movies like Grease before they got to high school. <laughs> movies about high school that informed the way you thought high school was going to be. What age were these people that Grease was their, <laughs> what they thought well, high school I mean, was going to be? I don't know. There are way more poodle skirts in Grease than I thought. <laughs> you know, my high school didn't have any leather jackets. I don't know. I don't think this... I, this was just of the genre, you know, like Grease or like any of the Disney Channel original movies or anything like that, that I don't think this one had a particular like, oh, this is exactly what high school is mm -hmm. going to be like, especially because it is a prep school. And like, I knew right. I wasn't going to be living in a dorm or, you know, playing soccer or any of that stuff. But um, yeah, I don't I think all of those types of movies always made romantic relationships to be like such a huge thing. Yeah. And such a like a magical thing that there would mm -hmm. be some boy like pining after you and then that would be like your true love or whatever but that's yeah so that that thought was definitely like okay this was i guess how high school works mm -hmm. but uh, nothing nothing specific to this movie just because it's so much like every other movie in this genre where right. it's like okay like you know there's certain high school tropes that are always going to be there yeah when we were talking about monique a second ago mm -hmm. one thing i forgot to bring up is that I loved the um, the fight scene in the bathroom of the country <laughs> Which club. Which one? <laughs> the one in the bathroom of the yeah, country club? Yeah, the girls fight, yeah. Because that was, like, not a, like, ha-ha cat fight like you often see in, like, movies between, no. like, high school movies. I was like, damn, this is actually, like, a major fight they fight. They were going for blood. And I, that was, I was like, yeah, you don't get to see, like, girls fight. Like, there's a lot of... thoughts, exactly. Yeah. You really don't see girls or women, like, actually fight, fight in movies very often. Yeah. You know, like, the only one that I can legitimately think of off the top of my head is, like, Kill Bill Volume 2. Oh, yeah. And, like, like, the fight in the... Well, the fight, like, in the trailer. Oh, the okay. fight where, they're, like, actually, where it's between uh, Daryl Hannah and uh, uh, Uma Thurman. Mm -hmm. This was legitimately like an exciting fight like whoever choreographed that fight should be working in action movies if they're not that, that was, was yeah fight. and i do i think you see because before that we had seen channing tatum and her and amanda Bynes's in the movie ex-boyfriend i think justin yes fight at the carnival that is in a, every high school movie almost but yeah seeing the girls like the fight get in it, the fight between is, channing tatum uh, and that other guy justin what's his name yeah. i guess he actually looks like a couple of people that i know then i think about it anyway he, whatever there was a lot of kind of Generic white girl, generic white guy. <laughs> Very in much this, so. In this movie. Um, but no, the fight between those two guys definitely looked a lot like an actual fight between like two teenage boys. You know okay. what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just looked, that one looked more like something that I would have actually seen in real life. <laughs> the fight between the three girls, though, that was something else. Yeah, that was cool. That was like. Point one for feminism. <laughs> oh, so that nightmare sequence where she's yeah. playing soccer in the dress. Any I, thoughts about that? I thought that was really cool. I actually put that in my notes. I thought that was actually a really good dream sequence. Mm -hmm. um, I would also call it a dream sequence because she looked incredible and that dress was amazing. And I would totally play soccer in a ball gown like that. That's so cool. So that actually kind of reminded me, like, are you familiar with the trash the dress uh, trend? Oh, yeah. Where, yeah. like, people, like, women take their, like, bridal photo, like, after the wedding's over with, like, they trashing the yeah. their bridal gown anyway that's kind of what that reminded me of no yeah that was a good it was a good one i thought it was definitely like a very dream sequencey dream sequence mm -hmm. but it, very much on the vein that we've all had that kind of dream where it's like this thing that we're good at now we suck at it why <laughs> um you mentioned earlier the ensemble cast yes that this like i think you're right it totally balanced the cast really well i feel like a lot of movies recently that i've watched have like tried to do this but then you don't end up caring that much about any of them because you don't know any of them that well. You don't spend yeah. enough time with them. But I, I do think this one hit the balance well. Is there anybody, like, any particular favorites out of the characters for you? Um, well, I love Vinny Jones as the coach. He was, <laughs> he had a small part, but it was great. Oh, yeah, he's he's great. Um, I mean... Like I said, I wasn't crazy about Amanda Bynes' like choices, but I thought the character was good. I thought okay. the character was really good and interesting. Um, I <laughs> honestly like the real Sebastian was kind of funny to me just because he was just like, mm, uh, I guess I'm, guess I'm playing soccer today. <laughs> He's like, I love this school, and you're just yeah. like, oh man, um, I don't even know the mess you're coming into. 
Um, I don't know. I thought Olivia was kind of flat. Channing Tatum was okay. Was this his first movie? Do you know? Um, it's not really that important. I just yeah, don't remember. I'll look it up. I, this I'm is, not sure. This is like the earliest movie that I know of that he was in. This was my first experience with him. I'm almost positive. Ooh. But um, yeah, this was like before he was the Channing Tatum. Like, Which, by the way, I thought it was... Another thing I wrote down I thought was funny was that, um, you know, he's playing a 17-year-old and he is shredded. Um, yeah, none of these people look like they could be in high school. I thought it was or maybe Amanda Bynes as a boy, which I thought was especially yeah. Amanda Bynes, there has never been a girl that looks less like a boy than Amanda Bynes. I feel like oh really? She's so like tiny. She's so petite. That's what, what I'm saying. Like, it's like she looks. I, I feel like she just looks nothing like a boy. Oh, I feel like she does because she's not like super curvy or anything. Like yes, you could believe that in the face. In, in the face, though. I mean, it's like okay. Very yeah, much... she has a very fem- feminine face. Um, we'll give you with that those gigantic either. eyes, like deer in a headlights eyes. <laughs> she, yeah, she's like yeah. Anyhow, but what I was gonna say about Channing Tatum was like, you know, he's shredded in this movie. He's playing seventeen years old, which is obviously we all know is not super realistic. But it's funny because like a couple years later, when he was in Twenty One Jump Street, when he's playing a cop who is playing a high school student yeah. and he sees Rob Riggle as like the coach and the coach is like you've got a remarkable muscle tone son when did you go through puberty when you were seven <laughs> a couple of years ago being like eight years later yeah a couple yeah. years later eight, eight what later. eight yeah 22 Jump Street was Holy. 2014 22 Jump Street 21 Jump Street was like oh sorry 21 Jump Street was still 2012 2012 okay. yeah just two years before that so all right so six, six years, years but still I feel like he looks the same yeah i mean i could see i could definitely see oh step up came out at the same year as this which never saw that oh that's a good one that's a dancing <laughs> movie right. though so that's we'll see you know not everyone i don't know i hear it's, i hear it was entertaining but i like i hear you had to see it in 3d but <laughs> that was step up 3d the third one that's different um <laughs> nice apparently justin the ex-boyfriend in this movie was in Step up the streets or one of the other step ups. Step up to the streets, you mean? Was it to step up to? Was I thought so. I That's think why. You're right. I... Yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah, maybe he's the. Oh, he might be the love interest. I forget. I've seen. I haven't seen three, but I have seen one and two, and I forget. I will say this about him: he made a great like face heel turn in in uh, she's the man, like the guy who played Justin, uh-huh. like or the character of Justin, I guess, because like in the very beginning, you're like, oh yeah, this guy's supportive and cool and yeah awesome and then like within one scene it's like oh no he's a douchebag never mind he was like a lunkhead at the beginning and then but maybe i just i know where it's going you know he's a douchebag and i mm-hmm. can't forgive him for that uh, oh by the way in that scene where we find out that justin is the worst um mm-hmm. early on the scene in which um amanda Bynes and the rest of the uh girls soccer team finds out the team has been cut mm-hmm. um and the coach they say well why can't we play with the boys team and after he like literally laughs at them uh, he makes up some excuse like girls can't play with boys and i thought immediately it was like okay so the movie sets up the girls team's request to join the boys team as a haha no way your girls situation when the mm-hmm. coach could have very easily said instead uh yeah making the soccer team co-ed is going to take months of lobbying the school board and the state athletics commission what boom i, I think it would like, what about title nine like can't you just like i, I don't know. No, you have to Title IX only stipulates that you have to have an equal number of teams okay, for both boys and girls. Okay, it doesn't specific sports. Um, I, I don't think so. But, mm. like, he could have very easily been like, no, we got to lobby the school board and that's going to take months. Yeah, I will easily. say. Easily. Yeah, everything he said in response to that was, like, the most at face value sexist yeah. thing you could say. Like, it wasn't even nuanced. There was no, like, well, like, we wouldn't want to hurt you. You know, modern feminism and modern wokeness is much more about I feel like the those kind of nuances where it's mm-hmm. like yeah maybe you don't think you're being sexist but like here's how you are this was straight up like well girls aren't as good as boys in that sports was... obviously <laughs> all boys laugh like yeah that was it was pretty... babe don't be like that babe don't be like that <laughs> which is the worst like Justin I, I don't I, I take a very minute like the most minuscule amount of pride in knowing that I have never actually said don't be like that oh. to anybody down. no um but yeah, I, I, that moment with this with the the coach and the team like laughing at them, I, that was definitely the movie playing to the fourteen year old girls in the audience to be like a boo yeah. moment. You Once suck. Again, for the people in the back, these guys are sexist. In yeah. case you missed it, you, you. weren't. In case you were uh, out getting popcorn, whatever. <laughs> 
Um, so you mentioned you're not a huge Shakespeare fan. That's What correct. did you think of the, you know, I assume, have you read Twelfth Night? I have not, actually. Okay, I haven't either. I know the gist of it. I know, you know, I see the points that they are connecting. But did you, what did you think of that connection? I thought it was a cool idea. Um, I, I am a huge fan of 10 Things I Hate About You. I really enjoy mm-hmm. that movie. Um and oh that's taming of the shrew okay yeah exactly mm-hmm. right um so i i like the idea of taking something um speci- i mean shakespeare in particular fine but like adapting classic works in more contemporary settings i'm int- i'm always interested in that and i thought that this did it very well i don't know how mm-hmm. faithful of an adaptation it is i don't necessarily care either. yeah um but no i thought i thought that it worked out really well Partly, I guess, because Shakespeare already did, like, the heavy lifting of, like, the calculus of who's into who and doing this that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, that just has to be, like, uh, updated. But no, I thought that I thought that was actually really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was all about it. Okay. I do think, I, looking at the critical score, or, yeah, the Rotten Tomatoes score, I think a lot of the critics mentioned stuff about, like, well, Shakespeare's wit just isn't, like, held up in this version. Oh, and stuff. please. I, I think this hurt it critically because it didn't match that highbrow... You know, Shakespeare is Shakespeare. You can't... Yeah. It's not... They they weren't going for that tone, but I think you set expectations for yourself when you tag I, on You know, they talk about but... Shakespeare's wit. I have to assume that everybody who ever laughs at a Shakespeare performance, they only laugh because they know exactly where the laughs are supposed to be. Mm. I mean, Shakespeare can be legit funny, but he also wasn't... Like, Shakespeare is highfalutin now because it's so old and it's classic of and course. we put it in the canon of, like, literature, English literature you must know. But it's at the time it wasn't. It was, it was populist, like, not, but at the same yeah. time, like even even if you read something that was comedic that was written 150 years ago, let alone 450 years ago, mm. it's sometimes tough to be like, is that was that a joke? Was that supposed yeah, to? Yeah, most of the jokes are going to sail. So I, I yeah, Fair. and I and I recognize that yes, I Shakespeare has some real zingers. I'm mm. aware of that, but sometimes it's so buried in the language and the wordplay is so entrenched in the language that you have to decode that your brain doesn't pick up pick it up in my case maybe mm-hmm. i'm just a real dummy no, but no, like no, I, I y- your brain doesn't work fast enough to like pick up what they're actually saying and then also pick up the joke at the same time yeah. which is why i say that i'm pro- i'm speculating that people that laugh at shakespeare comedies are laughing because they're familiar with the play and they know which parts are supposed to be funny yeah i think there's a small portion of the jokes that i think still work today and are still funny most of them probably sail over our head and we need the context and then it's like oh haha i see why that would be funny but um i get i not to cut you off there uh and one could definitely argue that shakespeare invented this genre um but i for sure thought that this movie had a lot of similarities to like the 1930s and 40s like screwball comedies where everything happens fast 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 yeah and there's a lot going on and like all the characters get into really unusual bizarre situations that you know, defy explanation in a mm-hmm. lot of cases. I thought that this movie felt very similar to that in a lot of ways, partly because I'm sure those movies are just similar to Shakespeare comedies. Um, yeah. But I, just the same. I, I think it. Amanda Bynes, too, is kind of a leading lady in that vein. Yeah. Just that she is, like, allowed to be comedic first and then, you know, pretty and charming and everything after that but yes. like she she goes for the comedy first which isn't like you said always kind of the way the way i guess actresses are allowed to perform but um yeah i think that it is kind of like old school <laughs> i will say this though i did I, as much as her speaking mannerisms were <laughs> weird to me i appreciated the fact that she didn't just go for like the typical like Anytime a woman imitates a man, what do they do? They immediately go down for that caveman <laughs> voice, like, oh. Yeah. You know, I'm, I appreciate the fact that she didn't go for that. She went for something a little bit different. Whether that was her idea or somebody else's, don't know, yep. don't care. And they do show her taking an anthropological approach to yes. how she becomes Very a man. Much so. She She follows a lot of different men. She does her case studies, so. that uh, During that particular sounds... musical montage, did you notice <laughs> that the cover was the Mary Tyler Moore Show theme song uh, in uh, by probably like the Dolly rots or somebody oh, like that yeah. i didn't notice that that's really funny yeah. that's good one i enjoyed good that one. that was a culturally that was a literate um so <laughs> i just watched a lot of tv land when i was nine years old so. <laughs> um so the shakespearean-ness the one thing that i was like Ugh, the quote at the end where um 
Duke is like, well, you know, like Coach always says, some people are born into greatness and like goes into that. Yeah, one. like that Coach always says. Yeah. I was like, like Coach always says before every game when. I have never, <laughs> those words didn't come out of Vinnie Jones's mouth at any point during this movie. We've spent a lot of time with the coach of this one. He's never, ever said that. He's but... a man of few words. Like that one <laughs> line of Shakespeare is longer than all of his dialogue yeah. throughout the whole movie. But I guess he's British, so he probably does. I think all British people just kind of start off with that <laughs> and then go. No, it was, yeah. That part I was like, all right, that's shoehorned in like, I like I like that they adapted the Shakespeare. I think the plot works and was really funny and interesting, but that one was too much. <laughs> Did you know, fun fact, so IMDb um, credits one of its influences along with um, Twelfth Night, another movie of the era, actually 2001. It's a Disney Channel original movie. Any guesses? Ooh, 2001 Disney yeah. Channel original movie? Ooh, God. I'm where like, a girl impersonates her twin brother as well. Oh, man. When it's, you say it, I'm going to know it immediately. Yeah. It's also based on Twelfth Night. And so as I was reading this, I was like, well, no, they're both based on Twelfth Night. You can't be like, oh, well, this other movie. Like, but actually, there are some different... The deviations it takes from Twelfth Night are the same. So She's the Man was influenced by the Disney Channel original movie Motocrossed. Did oh, you yeah. watch that one? I vaguely remember that one. That was yeah. one that didn't really I, I don't know that was one that i that didn't really like track with me as much but yeah, yeah okay okay i probably watched I it once it. or twice but i was like oh that's a better that's a much better title by the way motocross for, for for a girl impersonating a boy to have like the title motocross yeah well yeah. she wanted to be like a dirt bike racer yeah. a motocross yeah well yes that yes. too yeah. yes 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 but it was for you know to be in oh, I, games, I, but... I understand i get it <laughs> Um, so, so some of the deviations are, I mean, obviously it's set in high school. Can't really claim that one. Um, a sport as a catalyst for the plot, having Mm -hmm. Viola disguise herself as her twin brother rather than a completely separate, just male identity. Um, Duke Orsino provides lessons to Viola in exchange for court help courting the Olivia character, um, and flipping the perceived weakness of femininity in the original play into strong support of women competing equally alongside men. But yeah, so there's some pretty specific differences that are like, all right, which is... And that's interesting that they both use the... You mentioned the thing about uh, Duke teaching them how to do whatever, mm-hmm. okay? I did think how it was an odd... I didn't quite know how to make of it that this was a movie all about, like, girls are just as good as boys, when, as a boy, uh, Viola does not make the first string. No. And not only that, she needs Channing Tatum... To give her lessons so that she can make the first drink. I was like, yeah. I, I'm not saying that that's totally out of left field that that would be the case, but that seems very not in line with like the movie's thesis. Yeah, that was like she totally gets dominated in the boys' tryouts. Yeah, she's she like gets crushed in tryouts. Passes for some out reason. on the field basically. So, which and- of all things, passing out on the field that should not be happening. Like you're running around, like objectively. Female and male soccer players are running around the same field. Well, they were doing a lot more. Well, they were doing a lot of. I don't know that it was more, but like you know, the the extra workouts, the the push ups, the all that stuff. I don't know. I never played soccer, so I don't know the the differences between female and male conditioning and practice. But yeah, so I I think that's what we we're supposed to that the conditioning was just a lot more kind of. Um, athletic towards kind of the muscular abilities of boys than the girls conditioning would have been but i don't but yeah no i had the same problem of like wait a minute you're but uh i don't know at the end of the day she made first string and she crushed it as a first string um i don't know soccer well enough to know what position (laughs) she was playing player star athlete mvp forward she was forward she was a forward okay So, yeah, the, yeah, uh, I mean, I guess because she dominated in the (laughs) end, but yeah, there was a questionable kind of like, well, she, she wanted to do this because she was just as good as the boys and now she's like Mm -hmm. clearly being dominated by them, but. By the way, speaking of sports, I never did sports in school myself, uh, so it was very odd to me how frequently they apparently have to take off all their clothes around each other. That was an (laughs) unusual situation. Yeah, she got out of the shower one time, but how did she get out of all the other showers for the rest so, of the semester? That was another thing that I noticed was that she the one of the big things early on was her figuring out how to take a shower. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
Well, once I found out she had the wig on, I was like, take off the wig and go to the girls' shower. That's what I said. But I was like, maybe maybe it's too small of a school that like the okay. girls would have been like, who are you? I don't, I don't know. Maybe like, I'm a substitute. It's fine. I'm going to take a shower. I don't know. Or maybe actually, no. The Maybe they needed like a pass to get into the dorms. Like It's possible mm, that right. you couldn't get into the girls' dorms as a boy that, student. That actually makes more sense. So, okay, that makes sense. That, right, made, fine. That, that made it make sense I'll, to me. I'll permit it. That's fine. Anything else that you notice? Anything that you... Um, not much. I, I, I appreciated the idea of, like, trying to infiltrate, uh, the secret world of the opposite sex, which is much more mysterious when you're, like, a teenager, yeah. obviously. But, uh, again, I'm still not sure where they got some of these characterizations. Um, it just seemed, like, very... It seemed just very broad on both the boys' side and the girls' side, which was mm, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if that was just lazy writing. I don't know if that was intentional. It, it just never... None of the characters seemed particularly real to mm, me. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. In a, in a way that, like, I understand this is kind of like... I don't want to say cartoony, but kind of an over-the-top movie. Which yeah, I appreciate. Sure. Yeah. But I thought that they were going for something a little bit... I don't know. A little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And they... I don't know. I feel like they kind of hindered themselves by doing those characters that way. That was just one thing. I don't know. What did you have any kind of thoughts on that? Um, no, I think that's that's pretty fair. Thinking about it now, I mean, I, it may come back to the Target demo. It's not something that bothered me when I watched it originally in two thousand six. But it, yeah, I thinking about it now, it's it's true. I can't argue that point because even like Monique is, you know, the typical kind of high school bad guy and some of the stuff she says is just like that's not a real thing anyone would say no. like girls with asses but like mine don't talk to guys with faces like yours like who says that nobody literally nobody <laughs> literally no one but i i think you know the comedy worked and that was what it was all for like it was broad enough that they could be cartoonish like yes. you said and that's that's hard to do if they're still very grounded and Whatever you know, it's it, even the stuff like when they had those real moments. Those real moments were pretty, pretty big and theatrical. It was all very operatic, and it I was. think that's the Shakespeareanness yes. of it, which I didn't have a problem with. I no. I can totally be and, along for that ride. And you know, I, again, I don't want to make it sound like I disliked any. I, I, none of these detracted from my enjoyment of the movie. I thought the movie was very enjoyable. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, and I can, it's been a long time since I've seen a new movie that was, like, aimed at, like, high school age, like, mm-hmm. like teenagers. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that's, like, if the style has stayed constant over the last decade plus or not. Um, I, I just don't know. Yeah. But this is, like, the style of movie that I would kind of associate with, like, I don't know, teenage chick flicks, more or less. Like, I, I, hate, to, I hate to put it that way, but, like, that's, like, the type of movies that seemed most adaptive to this particular style. Yeah. Um, I think that's accurate. That being said, I did enjoy, like, some of the smaller things to do. Like, like the soundtrack in particular. I thought that was kind of, like... I thought that was kind of cool that they went with, like, instead of going with, like, pop songs, they actually went with, like, guitar-driven, like, pop-punk songs. So that They didn't really build up the idea of Viola being, like, a tomboy mm-hmm. so much. There were, like, little things dropped here and there about it, but it was never, like directly addressed in those terms. Right. She was a female athlete. She wasn't, you know, it wasn't like she didn't like girly things. It was just, she was also an athlete. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, like dresses. Oh, wait a minute. Oh yeah. Well, (laughs) that was like the debutante thing. Like those dresses were legitimately That wasn't fair. That was, she wore a dress. Well, I guess she never wore a dress anytime that we saw her in an event that she wasn't being forced to, but I think it was more about the events. I think she would have worn a dress. She wore a bikini. She wore like whatever. She was still a girl. She had a boyfriend. She was like, had her girlfriends, but just didn't want to be a debutante. I, so, you know, I mentioned the, the idea that, like, n- there's never been a girl who looks less like a boy than Amanda Bynes. I, mm-hmm. I stand by that. When she was dressed as Sebastian, most of the time, I thought, at best, she looked like a butch lesbian. Like, oh. sin- like seriously. I No, I totally would have seen her as, like, if, really? if someone had been like, oh, hey, I'm a dude, I'm in your class now, I would have been like, yep. Like, yeah. I wouldn't have been like, oh, hmm. I, yeah, I would have bought it. I would have bought it. She just looked like a, a, a I, I never would have. I, I say this only, I, I mean, maybe this is only because I know what Amanda Bynes looks like. 
I never would have bought it in a million uh, years. If I like saw her like just on the street dressed yeah. as Sebastian, I would have been like, "Hmm, all right, not a boy, but okay." <laughs> boy, you know, takes all types. Oh, on that note, though, another fun fact. Um, apparently, Jesse McCartney was um, who they wanted to play Sebastian. Do you remember Jesse McCartney? Jesse McC- I, I know the name. I can't. Pi- I can't like picture him. Though. I could sing like three of his songs right now, but um, <laughs> he uh, he looked a lot of like. Amanda Bynes, according to the producers, which I see it. Um, now, so they wanted him, but just scheduling-wise, they couldn't get him. So, so that would have... If they actually had got an actor that... Now, granted, the actor they got to play Sebastian, full body, physical resemblance to Amanda Bynes, dressed as a boy. Yeah. Face, not even close. Mm, I with didn't the wig, think, though? I don't know. I, I look at hair first, I guess. The haircut was face, identical. So. They did a great job with that haircut, but yeah. I thought in the face, they didn't look anything alike. Um, but yeah, I, if if they had gotten a, an actor to play Sebastian that looked more like Amanda Bynes, I probably would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Mm, okay. That's just me. I don't know. I, yeah, I, that's fair. I looked up pictures of the cast now just to see if there's any interesting, like, tie-ins. Is Amanda Bynes still else. in jail, or? Oh, Amanda, you can still come back. You can come back anytime. Just, like, I want you to be well. Um, but yeah, she, he has a very square jaw and I think they downplayed that because she has a very round face. Very so, round so face. that's probably fair, but I don't know. At the time I was kind of like, yeah, all right, I see it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and one last thing that I didn't have any major openings to drop this in, but like one thing that did kind of bug me, um, of this very small moment when, uh, Viola is, I don't remember who she's talking with too, but she says like high heels were invented by men to make <laughs> girls' butts look smaller or something like yep. that. And well, make I would, it harder to run away. And make it harder to run away. <laughs> that's right. When I when that line came up, I was like, well, that's a funny line, but um, I'm going to push up my glasses here. Well, actually, not to be a know-it-all and everything, but technically high heels were a man's invention to make the king of France look taller, and it became a fashion trend that never died. So I get what you're getting at. I don't think her version is correct how did it become a female only fashion trend it became a unisex fashion trend after the king of france started wearing high heels to make himself look taller and so men and women it became not a non-gendered fashion item to wear high heels and for whatever reason it just stuck with women and did not stick with men yeah i well I, I totally give you that and she did not know her history but like why did it become a female only fashion trend i I have no idea. I think it's 50-50 that women liked them, like, the way the look was more. I don't know. Mm, 50-50. Maybe. I'm going to seriously doubt that. But, maybe. Also, they don't make your butt look smaller. They make your butt look bigger. That's, that's, that, that was the other thing. I was like, wait, that's... I don't think that's true at all. None that's of those thousands aesthetic versus 2010s aesthetic. We're, you know, all right. maybe literally Maybe heel designs are different. I don't know. Maybe. Um, Whatever. But yeah, no, that's the best. Because that literally happens while Malcolm, who's like the annoying Oh, we didn't one even talk about Malcolm. Oh, we didn't talk about Malcolm. Boy, Wait, he's a treat. Thoughts on Malcolm. Go on. Boy, I mean, objectively a stalker, for one thing. Yeah, no, that's messed up. And the most cartoonish character in a sea of cartoonish characters, <laughs> I thought. He's a pet tarantula named Malvolio. Yeah, uh, it was like, I, I don't know, I feel like they really bent over backward to establish the fact that we're not supposed to be sympathetic to him. It's like... They could have done that with a lot fewer steps, probably. Yeah, the like, stalking is, like, very much in your face. Like, you get that he is a stalker. It's like, yeah, they show... they, they you, you get that from his characterization, and then you see him alone in his bedroom with, like, the screen-printed pillowcases, and you're like, yeah, I got it. And then you see, like, one photo on the wall, and you're like, yeah, I got it. Then you see the whole serial killer wall of photos, and you're like, yeah, I got it. Well, the, literally, one of the first things we hear him say is him singing a song to Olivia about seeing her through her window yes. while he's standing on a tree yep. outside, end quote. Yes. So, yeah, he's a stalker. He's, yeah, he's fly style. Apparently that towel snap, Channing Tatum, like, snaps him yeah. in the head with a towel. That was apparently real, and he actually got him in the <laughs> eye. So the reaction is real, which Excellent. I'm sure that guy is sweet in real life. So I hope he's a jerk. Sucks. I hope he deserved it. <laughs> Actually, no, I can totally see Channing Tatum just being, like, a locker room bully, especially at this period in his I'm career. I'm sure it was just one of those things where it's, like, you didn't mean to go the full snap. You, like, meant to kind of, you know, stage snap him, but when there goes I the guy. I have no, like, I don't know why nobody ever cast Channing, I hope they did and I just missed it, Ch- cast Channing Tatum as, like, a high school bully 
instead of like the male lead. Well, 21 Jump Street. That's exactly what he was. I mean, he played that in a retrospect, but I wanted to see it played like played straight. I wanted oh, okay. to see him the like actually be like, no I want to see like throwing people against locks like, what's up, nerd? <laughs> Yeah, okay. I don't know. He's too charming and likable. We, we just want to see him get redeemed at the end. Can I say, like, the first time I ever saw Channing Tatum in a movie, I instantly disliked him just because of, like, his his face and the way he carried himself. I was like, mm, <laughs> What was nope. the first movie? I don't remember. I just distinctly remember. <laughs> Whatever my, it was, my, I think, oh, The first movie I think I saw him in was G.I. Joe, and I was like, I don't, uh, nope, not into this guy. G.I. Joe was, like, kind of recent. For Channing Tatum, I feel like. I mean, it wasn't recent, recent, but like... I didn't know who he was before G.I. Joe, so... It was after, like, wasn't he in, um, not Hurt Locker? He was in one of those, uh, Jug- Jarhead. Jar... What? No, he, that was Jake Gyllenhaal in Jarhead. Was it? In Jarhead. Oh, I swear. He might have been in it. I don't know. Okay. G.I. Joe was, uh, 2009. Yeah. Rise of the Cobra was the first one. I, I didn't see don't remember. Any that of those I don't movies. remember. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, that's fair. Uh... No, yeah. he's great. I think he's sweet, and he's. I love like him we now. About... I think he's, now I think he's a national treasure. But I, <laughs> the first time I saw him, I was like, "Don't like this guy." Oh no, I liked him in this movie, and this was my first experience where you're just like, "Oh wow!" Like that guy's, you know, buff and a cute, like romantic lead, and then you're like, "Wow, he's got moods, and he can has range and whatever." So yeah, I agree. As I said in Singing in the Rain, he may be the new Gene Kelly. Now, TVD. Zach Efron, on the other hand. I, I've talked to Mike, my roommate, about what this. What you pretty... gonna say about Zac Efron? No, nothing. I, I'm just gonna say that, like, you know, I feel like he kind of falls into that same category where, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know. I, I'm surprised they haven't done a movie together. Quite honestly. Oh man, Hollywood, make it happen. Because, like, I, I feel like. I wonder if they hate each other or something. I, some beef. That would be crazy. Like, no, the way they play rivals could be pretty awesome. Ooh. But no, like, I've talked to Mike, my roommate, about this. How like Zac Efron, like, he's not always funny, but I appreciate his always. He's always willing to do comedies. Yeah. Like, yep. there's not a lot of people that look like Zac Efron, and I feel like the same way about, let's say, Salma Hayek. Like, there's a mm. lot. There are several. There's a small handful of actors and actresses in Hollywood who can coast on their looks exclusively, but Uh they choose to go out and do comedy and they'll do anything for a laugh. And I'm like, even if they're not funny, I appreciate it. And I feel like Shannon Tatum kind of falls into that category. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, kind of bringing this back, Amanda Bynes was not in that category and that's part of why I loved her her so much and I think why she had so much mass appeal at that time is because she... She wasn't. She wasn't like the Margot Robbie or whoever yeah. that you're just like, oh my god, she's no, gorgeous. She, she started off but doing comedy when she was like a little kid, right? She, yeah, the Amanda Show yeah. and all that. But See, that's where I first saw her, and I thought she was hilarious. And yeah, like she's she's gorgeous, but that's not her number one trait. Her number one trait is that she is like committed and she's hilarious. She grew into her looks eventually. Mm, true, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she did comedy from a very very early age and then just surprise I'm super attractive now. Yeah. Um, but, Blow up. And then surprise I'm insane now. Uh, I know. I hate to keep reminding you of that but it's inescapable. She is cuckoo bananas crazy. Yeah. She and Kid Cudi. I really wanted her to go the distance. But I love him that, too. But what, I'll take yeah. your word for it. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah. So I, I, I agree... Yes. Um, what was the overarching thought that we were talking about? <laughs> I don't remember. I was talking about high heels. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that quote's just great. Malcolm, have you ever tried to run away in high heels? No, sir. I, not I that easy. But it is a great quote. David Cross, it is like, have you ever tried to run away in heels, Malcolm? Not that easy. Not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> Everything he says is just hilarious. <laughs> Enjoy your apple and sandwich. <laughs> That's By the way, speaking of uh, David Cross initiating funny c- scenes in this movie, like yes. the ending soccer game when actual Sebastian ends up on the field and he's trying to expose, yep. uh, if you'll excuse the expression, um, uh, this boy <laughs> is a girl, this boy is a girl. We and then, yeah. have to talk about the nudity at the end. Yeah, <laughs> and then get... Seba- and like, real Sebastian is like, uh, okay, and he just drops trowel on the field. I was and like, Van Devine uh, shows her boobs yeah, later I was like, to prove. Uh, all right, I, I'll allow it, I guess, <laughs> in the context of the movie, but I don't know why that had to happen. Like that just felt like a moment that they were like, "Well, we need him to do this." So. And this has got to be quick because we're getting close to the end here. Is there no other way for him to establish that he was a boy? But both of them also were just like la di da. Like, yeah, it wasn't like a no, boop, like no shame in that family. It. it was no like, shame in that family. Nope. <laughs> And what does the dad say? Like, That's is it just boy. me? or <laughs> Somebody says, like, is it just me or is there more nudity in this soccer game than usual? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That was good. <laughs> that was so great. That was the moment one time when I was watching it at home where my, I think it was my mom went like, what are we watching? <laughs> I was like, it's it's a movie. Don't worry. About it's a movie. Relax, mom. But yeah, I, that was a lot. But also, it led to some pretty hilarious. It was all right. It was, it was, it was funny. I'm sure he's halfway to China now, having shown his Willis and Doodleberries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then he, like, turns on Malcolm with the bullhorn. <laughs> Malcolm can shed some light on this situation. That whole denouement is just great. Yep speaking french um so i guess unless there's anything else you have uh, that was all my notes um yeah on it like i did really enjoy this movie i thought it was really right. nice i mean for me this is a at least four to four and a half star movie i will say this i would for sure like encourage any of our 13 or 14 15 year old female listeners to watch this movie oh I don't know. We swear a lot for that demographic. Are you listening? Don't, I mean, you've don't heard this all before. Us. It's relaxed. It's fine. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I don't know. I think. I guess. And on your first viewing, was it not like? Did you enjoy it enough for other people in your situation to watch it? I I think it'd be worth checking out. Definitely. I would okay. say like I don't know that I knowing what I know about it now. I don't know that I would ever seek this movie out on my own necessarily. Sure. But I would say this: if I had cable and if i was flipping channels and this was on i would probably watch it okay fair. so i can't i don't know what star rating to assign to it also because like i haven't really had a lot of time to process it because i watched almost all of it in my car driving back to atlanta today oh my god dangerous um, it was on my dash it's fine <laughs> um, do uh, not accept this lift driver <laughs> don't get in his lift but uh anyway no I, I i really enjoyed it i thought it was fun i think that i I've said this about other movies more derisively that I am just not in the demographic that this movie is aimed at, which I think you would agree. Sure, yeah. I did enjoy it, though. I thought it was good. I thought it was fun. I would recommend it um, probably to certain people more than others, but yes, I, I, I thought it was a good movie. I thought okay, it was fun. that's fair. I, yeah, I, I, of course, would recommend it. If you didn't see it at the right time, I weep for you. Maybe you won't enjoy it as much now, but I, I still think it's fine. If you like Amanda Bynes and you like... You know, if you're signed on to what she's given, then I, will I say, think you would really enjoy it. I'll this say is... a similar thing to what you said about the bur- the burbs and collateral, which is if you like a, if you like Amanda Bynes and Chang Tatum, and you want more of them in your life. Watch mm-hmm. this movie. B, if you like ten things I hate about you, oh, okay. and you want another movie that's in that vein, absolutely watch this one because they are. I would for sure for sure say that this is the definitive B feature to 10 Things I Hate About, hate about You's A feature. Okay, you know what I mean? all right, yeah. Like, I would, start, I would with, yeah. start with 10 Things mm-hmm. and watch She's the Man afterward. And if you like, like, What a Girl Wants and the other Amanda Bynes of this era, I think I She's the Man. forgot about that movie altogether. Oh, yeah. God. She's the Man is really the top. And actually, thinking about, we talked about Easy A, I feel like... Oh, yeah, these are pair nicely together. Yeah, but I feel like Emma Stone kind of came in, you know, if... I've talked about this with one of my friends a lot, that there really can only be one of certain types of stars. Like, you fill that slot. I think Emma Stone kind of came in when Amanda Bynes was off the scene and filled that role. I don't think so Emma that, Stone goes as far as Amanda Bynes would, but I, I think they're kind of... I, I That's interesting that you think that, like, you're, you, the way you sold that is, like, uh, Emma Stone intentionally or otherwise usurped no, 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 no. the throne that's, of not, that's not how well, i mean it I, I emma stone but, i think that was I, similar to like adele and amy winehouse or like well, i think I, there's a lot of kind of mm, i don't i don't mean that in a, a hateful or morbid way but just also amy winehouse was dead before adele got famous so that well whole, i think i think there's I, a vacuum there's a vacuum and someone so. fills it and i think emma stone filled the amanda Bynes vacuum so it's interesting that they were in easy easy a and also played those roles you might be right i don't care for the fact that you might be right because (laughs) i don't want to live in a world where there can only be one uh young woman who's funny and talented in hollywood i don't think that's i don't think that's it exactly but this brand of funny and talented but i'm I'm also curious because i don't necessarily see them being the same kind of funny like i see i honestly like Amanda Bynes' performance in this movie in particular, like I mentioned Anna Ferris early in the movie, mm-hmm. or in the podcast, I almost feel like it was a cross between, like, Anna Ferris and a little bit of Jim Carrey's early performance yes. style. Yes, no, I would totally just feel like Jim Carrey. kind yeah. of thing, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, like that, 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 a combination of those two. And I wish she had been able to keep her shit together because, like, honestly, and I know it's not necessarily her fault, but I'm just saying, like, I would have liked to see her polish that talent a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah, like she absolutely. She has so much background, and she, like, seemed like she could have made great comedic performances for a long time, but something happened, I guess, and just, uh, you know, yeah. shit happens, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that you say that Emma Stone was, is in the same vein. So I, I don't really see them as being that, that similar. Well, I think Emma Stone came in at the place Amanda Bynes left off. So Easy A, right. that was a very Amanda Bynes performance by Emma Stone. Emma Stone has maybe, since become, maybe. I think, a lot more kind of toned down and subtle. And so there's still room for you, Amanda. You can still totally come back. But uh, Emma I, Stone definitely took the path of actors like Chris Pratt that I don't necessarily care for which is starting with comedy and ending up going strictly dramatic which ah, yeah. so boring well yeah, yeah. but I, it's interesting you say that now the more I'm thinking about it if Easy A's lead had gone to Amanda Bynes instead I think her career could have been way different maybe I think I don't know it seems like there's a lot of mental health factors in there so she might have yeah, just probably. needed the break but yeah I, I how long has this break think... been so far <laughs> eight years Six Get years, better, years. Amanda. We're waiting for you. But yeah, I think I I don't know. It's you never know. You never, never know. know. Things could have been different. But um anyway, so anyway. unless you have anything else to say, um we will move into the next episode. Terrific. And uh we are doing something a little different with the next episode. We yes. are going to have a guest uh. for the first time in KHBC history and Karen, what can you tell us about our upcoming guest? So uh, this is a good friend of mine. Uh, We've known each other since like uh, probably middle school. We went to school together. Um, So he sent me his pitch and we are going to watch his movie and bring him in for the next episode. So in this 1998 ensemble dramedy, which focuses on three sisters, their family and acquaintances as they attempt to navigate their personal demons in the pursuit of happiness. Jane Addams, Lara Flynn Boyd, and Dylan Baker star in the film that Roger Ebert once glowingly called depraved and not for most people. Kay, have you seen Happiness? Have not. No, me neither, because that's how guests are going to work for us. We're going to watch movies that neither of us have seen (laughs) that the guest brings to us and has to kind of talk to us about their experience. I have not seen the movie Happiness, Uh, but I know it by reputation, and its reputation is very specific. And uh, for sure, not a movie for everybody, because it deals with some very adults, very dark themes. Yeah. So I will say, um, for anybody who's watching movies along with us, this one is a little bit dark and a little bit a lot of it dark and a lot of it sexually explicit so if that's not really your bag then maybe just let us watch it or skip that episode or whatever you want to do you know trigger warning consider it given so for now i'm kari and i'm kyle we'll see you next time bye